Greetings from our garden here at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, The greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves.
The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's for our Choral Eucharist on this, the fifth Sunday of Easter, especially to this uh, themed service to mark the coronation of King Charles. Wherever you are in the world right now and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel part of the St Bride's family. We sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world and knows our every word and deed. Let us then open ourselves to the Lord and confess our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil, and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, bless our sovereign Lord, King Charles, and all who are in authority under him, that they may order all things in wisdom and equity, righteousness and peace, to the honour of your name and for the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counsellor has instructed him? Whom did he consult for his enlightenment, and who taught him the path of justice? and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the isles like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Standing before the high priest and the council, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together upon him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. A dispute arose among the disciples, which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For which is the greater, one who sits at the table, or one who serves? Is it not the one who sits at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, of course, is a very special day, the coronation of our King. And of course, we also remember the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Today's reading is a reminder of the loyalty and bravery that subjects can show. If we think of the Queen, she was very clear. We may have followed her, but she followed God subject to him and perhaps in today's world we're not quite so good at being followers i want to go through this reading to show how i approach reading the bible i start always from the assumption that this is true that it has the ring of truth and that it has great psychological truth it reads like a story about real people and as I, as I go through it, I want to enter that story, to become part of it, to really know what it means, how it felt, why they did what they did. Because then we take the Bible away from simply being a set of messages. So, we begin here with Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And that martyrdom happens very early on. The book of Acts that it's from is the story of the, the new church starting straight after Jesus' resurrection and what happens. Stephen is put to death. He's put to death because of what he has to say. He has news. I always think he's a kind of proto-journalist in a way. He has something to say and his mouth, as it were, leads him into this. He will not, he cannot remain silent. He berates the the bigwigs. He tells them straight that they've killed God among us, that they are guilty, they are to blame. Of course, it begins with this, because in the end, we understand God's mercy. But it starts with the reckoning. The lawyers and the high priests are gnashing their teeth in rage at Stephen. How dare he? And Stephen knows this is only going to end one way. But in that moment, 
In that moment of realisation, any fear leaves him. He has a moment of epiphany, a moment of sudden calm, knowing that God is there. Now, I've had moments like this, especially when all seems to be lost. When logic tells us that something is over, then we can sometimes get an odd, beautiful sense of assurance and love even. Personally, our family has been through the very toughest times over the last few years. And at, the, at its worst, I've just known that God is there, not, not forcing the pace, not like a, a slot machine answering every whim and prayer, but beside us, beside me. And what I know is that that is always enough. Stephen, in the midst of his anger against him, of course there are men here who want to do him real harm, says, look, I can see heaven and Jesus is right there waiting for us, waiting for me. I think he got to that place, which is the place that is all about all will be well. And that's one of the hallmarks of the faith. The lawyers cannot stand this and put their hands over their ears. I ask you to picture this for a second. It's a vivid scene. It's not a manifesto. It's not the Ten Commandments, stark statements or rules. There they are, these very important people, putting their hands over their ears. They do not want to hear what is being said. And they drag him, and the violence becomes visceral, filthy. They stone him, a barbaric and primitive violence, rather like, I think, tarring and feathering, designed to humiliate and to prolong the death. He's still picturing it along with me. Stephen is being dragged. Now another actor enters the scene, Saul. He is someone who we'll hear a lot about later on in the Bible. He is the rising star of the Orthodox authorities, a brilliant young man, a hunter, an icy hunter, after those who break the rules. He is an enforcer. He loves his work. In fact, he's the primary persecutor of this new Jewish sect, the Christians. Well, they don't call themselves that. He's got special permission to hunt them down and he's feared, loathed by those he hunts. And so it is that the onlookers, the henchmen, take off their cloaks. They don't want to get blood on them, do they? They lay them at their leader Saul's feet and they watch or go about their business of murder. You see, one day Saul will become Paul. His name is changed, as his life is, by the King of Kings. One day he'll be struck down by the Lord and he will turn from persecutor to persecuted. But this, this is the thing. He has blood on his hands and in his conversion he never forgets it. He never forgets that one day he instigated a man being stoned to death. And it's this guilt, this action, that's the bedrock of the faith. It's the low point that he operates from. Because although Paul often feels depressed and anxious, he knows that God won't in the end hold it against him because he's repented and he's had a fresh start. There's this kind of a liberation, a freedom in the life of Paul. We can't really understand Paul, who in many ways explained the Christian faith, without picturing standing here with the, with the cloaks around him. Paul is the, underst- the man who understood God's grace, who articulated it, the, the follower who explained the love of God more than any other. And so we come to the end note. 
Stephen, who has condemned his accusers, who has convicted them, he too understands, as Paul did, that we should never call anything over until God calls it over. Listen to his words. Lord, he says, do not hold this sin against them. He knows about the forgiveness and grace of God. Stephen, of course, is a martyr. And we don't do justice to the faith if we fail to acknowledge those who have and are paying for their faith in the King of Kings. We, of course, are blessed to be able to worship in peace. I become a bit discouraged when Christians who face minor slights here make such a fuss about it. We're not a persecuted minority. And I think that edge of martyrdom, of ultimate sacrifice, hangs over the Christian faith. I studied for three years at Oxford University. I was quite old when I went there, and I didn't go when I was 18 to university at Oxford first time round. I, I wanted to study at a new university, so that's where I went. But finally I went, and I loved Oxford. But if you visit, please take time to go to the Martyrs Monument. I used to go there a lot, and I find the story of the Oxford Martyrs stirring, especially that of Thomas Cranmer. Cranmer was a really, really important person in government. He also was the architect of the Book of Common Prayer. And after Edward VI's death, he supported Lady Jane Grey. Her nine-day reign was followed by the Roman Catholic Mary, and she tried him for treason. He'd been, in many ways, the public face of Protestantism, and he was forced to proclaim in public, his error in supporting the Protestant cause. The idea was to put others off from following it. Despite proclaiming that he was wrong and had been wrong, he was sentenced to be burned to death on Oxford on the 21st of March 1556. Cranmer was told that he would be able to make a final recantation, but this time he had to be doing it in public during a service at the university church. He wrote and submitted the speech in advance and it was published after his death. At the pulpit on the day of his execution, he opened with a prayer and an exhortation to obey the king and queen. But he ended his sermon totally unexpectedly, deviating from the prepared script. He renounced the recantations that he had written or signed with his own hand since his degradation and he stated that in consequence his hand would be punished by being burnt first. And then he said, As for the Pope, I refuse him. He was pulled from the pulpit and taken to where his brothers-in-arms Latimer and Ridley had been burnt six months previously. As the flames drew around him, he fulfilled his promise by placing his right hand into the heart of the fire, calling it, that unworthy hand. His dying words were, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I see the heavens open and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, just as Stephen did himself. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen.
generosity. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The response to the bidding, Lord, for the years is, we bring our thanks to you. Lord God, the Ancient of Days, we come together on this happy occasion in celebration of the coronation of King Charles III. We ask you to hear the prayers we offer. Give to His Majesty wisdom and faith in the service of his people of this country and the Commonwealth. Grant that his reign may be one of a source of hope and inspiration to all. We ask your blessing upon Camilla, the Queen Consort, as she offers herself to your service. Make her an example of virtue and godliness and a blessing to the King and to his people. We pray for the Prince and Princess of Wales and all the royal family. Lord, for the years, we bring our thanks to you. For your churches across these islands and for our own Church of St. Bride where all may come, whether in times of joy or sorrow, and find it a place of healing and hope. For Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests, and for all who have made it possible to join in this act of worship, wherever you may be. And for our family and friends, watch over them and keep them safe. Lord, for the years, we bring our thanks to you. We pray for all those entrusted with the responsibility of government, that they may lead with vision and discernment. Give them wisdom to learn from mistakes of the past and understand the needs of our time. Our thoughts are with the victims of conflicts in war-torn regions of our fractured world. Bring harmony where there is hostility relief where there is suffering, and hope where there is despair. May he who makes peace in high places make peace for all on earth. We commend to your care all who are hungry, homeless, and living with poverty, 
and generally finding life difficult to cope with when each day seems long and arduous. We give thanks for the volunteers who help to provide them with shelter, food and friendship. May the joy of our nation's celebration renew them in heart and mind. Lord, for the years, we bring our thanks to you. God of the spirits, we gather in prayer and remember those we have loved, who once shared in our laughter and tears, and how are now at peace in your eternal kingdom. Their memory shines brightly as the stars that light up the night sky, the lights that guide us in our daily lives, the stars we have loved, remember and cherish in our hearts. In the time of quietness we think of all known to us in need of our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years we bring our thanks to you. Lord of the morning, we thank you for the glory of your creation, for the dawn and sunset, the morning dew that freshens the flowers and fields. As we walk through this life, may we take time to stand still and listen to the birdsong, watch the play of sunlight and shadow on the leaves. Help us to keep this treasure, your earth, safe from harm. Merciful Father, accept, accept our prayers these prayers for the sake of, your for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? God has made us one in Christ. He has set his seal upon us and, as a pledge of what is to come, has given the Spirit to dwell in our hearts. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you because you raised him gloriously from the dead. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we beseech you, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the king and the commonwealth, and all people, unity, peace and concord, and to us and all God's servants, life everlasting, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit 
be among you and remain with you always. Amen.